Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I am so happy to be here with you today, bringing you the news, the headlines, and sometimes not even the headlines, of the things that you ought to hear from a constitutional perspective, from a liberty perspective, without the political spin. Just seriously, just raw truth here for you today. Raw truth with that you need to make the educated decisions in life. That's that's really what I'm hoping to give to you. And JC and I try to, to give that to you uh, every day here at the Daily Journal. If you are just now hearing us for the first time, I say us, JC's not with me today, but... Uh, if you're just now listening to the Daily Journal for the first time, I want you to know that we go Monday through Thursday, and then we have a Saturday show, that weekend show that we do as well. And so if this is the first time you've heard us, make sure you go to chrisannhall.com and check out past episodes, or you can go to YouTube and go to the Chris Ann Hall YouTube channel, and on YouTube you can get years of back shows that uh, you can hear stuff that uh, our stuff really does not expire. It stays because we don't take political sides. We take principled sides. And principles don't change. You know, the minute that a principle changes, it ceases being a principle. Now, on yesterday's show, JC and I talked about this, uh, the new law in California that would bar Trump from appearing on the California ballot if he doesn't disclose tax returns. Now, I want to make something really clear here that I'm, in retrospect, I don't think was clear in yesterday's show. If this were to extend to the California ballot, then the states themselves would have the real issue. The people of California always have an issue. But if this extends to the general election, then the states have a real issue. Now, as it stands, this only affects primary elections. Now, you might ask, why is a primary election different than a general election? And I'm very glad that you asked because there is a big difference. I've written articles about it. We've talked about it on the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, but just let's let's just go ahead and pop this out there for new listeners and to reinforce those who have heard before. 
Primary elections are not civic functions. Primary elections are where the private corporate clubs that we know as the Republican Party, the Democrat Party, the Libertarian Party, the Green Party, or whatever. Primary elections are where private corporate clubs choose who will represent their clubs in the general election. A primary election is a private function. So when the headline says a uh, new law would bar Trump from appearing on California ballot, uh, it's, it's a little deceiving, isn't it? Because there's a difference. And I think the deception is, is there because we as American people generally have forgotten that there is a difference between primary elections and uh, general elections. And I think a lot of that confusion comes because these private corporate clubs have convinced the American people to pay for their corporate elections. Seriously, can you imagine? Could you imagine? I don't know, like Monsanto Corporation or Acme Corporation demanding that taxpayers pay for their corporate elections. I mean, people would lose their minds. But it's the exact same. Primary elections are the exact same thing. Private corporate clubs choosing who will represent them in the general election. Now, people might say, um, you know, it's, it's about electing somebody to office. That is true. But you only need one election. The civic function of elections can be done in just simply the general election. You could have a ballot with all the candidates and then be done. You don't need a primary to weed out the people. The primaries are not, oh my goodness, the primaries are not to narrow down the number of candidates. Primaries are so the private corporate clubs designate who will represent them in each particular election in the general election. If you think about this, it makes total sense because many states have closed primaries. Everybody in power, every politician, every professor, every person in government, every person in the judiciary knows that private corporate clubs hold primary elections, that the primary elections are for private corporate clubs. How do I know to make that statement? Because if they did not know that, there would be lawsuits about closed primaries. Can you imagine why, why, and then I should beg the question, why haven't then there been lawsuits about the huge number of people disenfranchised in primary elections because they're not registered Republicans so they don't get to vote on the Republican ballot or because they're not registered Democrat and they don't get to vote on the Democrat ballot. Not every state has closed primary, but many have closed primaries, which disenfranchises anywhere from 50 to 75% of the population or more. So why aren't there lawsuits about primary elections disenfranchising people? Because 
everybody knows in power. They don't want the general people to know because if the general population knew, they might object to paying for these corporate elections. But they know that these are private corporate affairs. And that's why there's been no lawsuit arguing about the disenfranchising of voters. So I think because we've lost critical thinking skills in America, we don't, we don't think about these things from a critical thinking perspective. We don't, we don't take this to step number two. My goodness, everybody, every political party, well, let me take that back. I was trying to be fair. But the Democrats are always arguing about voters being disenfranchised. Always. Gerrymandering, uh, voter uh, locations, voting time, extended voting. It's always the argument about disenfranchising voters. Am I right? I know I'm right. So you, a critical thinker would say a group of people so impassioned against disenfranchising voters, why would they not be filing lawsuits and making public screams about closed states with closed primaries? Well, you know the answer now. Because closed primaries are not a civic function. They are the private corporate clubs choosing their candidates for the general election. And again, they don't want you to know that. They don't want me telling you that. Because if the general population realized that, that this is the absolute truth, that they all know it's true, then you would argue about using tax dollars to pay for private corporate club elections. And so I just wanted to make that very clear. The people of California ought to be upset that California is altering the standards. If you want to understand the whole standards of, of who can run for office and who can't run for office, then go listen to yesterday's show. But if you don't want to, you know, I mean, if you don't understand that, you have to listen to yesterday's show. But if you do understand that, then you know that this is something that affects the people of California. It won't affect the general election because Trump will be on the ballot for the general election. And on the general election, everybody can vote. So if they try to extend it to the general election, then guess what? Then that's, that's where the unconstitutionality kicks in. I just, I wanted to be very, very clear about that because this is something that can be confusing. And I realized that that I hadn't made the distinction in yesterday's show. And then I was happy, almost, that I hadn't made the distinction in yesterday's show because that gave me the opportunity today to, to turn, again, the primary election thing into a teaching moment. I don't think there, I think there are some things that we can't possibly teach on too much, especially when it comes to politics, uh, elections, and the Constitution. But I have articles, uh, I think if you just Google, um, no, that's the, uh, uh, oh, yeah, okay. So if you just Google Chris Ann Hall and you Google uh, the shocking truth about political parties, right? Chris Ann Hall, the shocking truth about political parties, you will get that article. And obviously, I will have that article in our reference section 
on at chrisanhall.com on this show page. And I will also have it on the YouTube page as well in the reference section. So you can have that article and you can share it with people. You can help us wake some people up. I would love to see people refusing and protesting and demanding that we stop paying for primary elections. I would love to see that. That would, oh my goodness, can you imagine? Can you imagine what would happen if the political parties had to pay for their own primary elections? You know, maybe people would stop worrying and paying attention to these orchestrated circuses they call debates and then actually deal with real political issues. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Hey, time is running out. Registration for In Defense of Liberty will be closing. Make sure that you go to chrisannhall.com, click on the In Defense of Liberty banner, and reserve your spot now. We have limited seat, limited training slots available. This is a, a life-changing event you do not want to miss. Bring your children. It does not matter if you have uh, actually shot a firearm before. It doesn't even matter if you own a firearm. Show up. We will have we will have firearms available for you to train with. So you can, I mean, seriously, just come and you can train with these firearms and decide which ones you want to buy for yourself. What a better way to know what firearm you need than to come and, and train with our firearms and get the understanding uh, of what works for you from real trained people. There's nobody like Larry out there. Absolutely no one like Larry out there. So you don't want to miss this opportunity. I promise you. So there's... Um, I, I, I was not expecting JC to not to be here today, so <laughs> I was trying to figure out what I could wear today that would be the most offensive attire that I could come up with, because this next section of the show is going to be another one of those sections where, I, I hate to call it, it's like the Chris Hall Daily Journal purge, right? I am going to offend every closet statist who listens to this show. I don't know if you still listen to the show, if you're a statist or not. I mean, I, we've done lots of statist purging, but, but statists are people who claim to be conservatives. They're statists, and statists that are liberals. I don't have many liberal listeners, which is a shame, actually, but we do have some. So, you know, we are spreading, and those who listen... Uh, are getting educated, but we don't have many liberal uh, listeners, so there we won't we won't mention there are liberal statists too. But for the most part, for this show, statists are people who consider themselves to be conservatives, but 
will trade liberty for security or will trade liberty for the opportunity to punish a bad guy. Okay, so this next section of the show is really going to tick off the statists and it's going to it's going to make the <laughs> as, as JC calls them, the Trump Jesus people angry as well. Okay, so here's here's the headline Barr. This is William Barr, the director of the Department of Justice, directs federal government to reinstate death penalty, schedule the execution of five death row inmates. After 16 years without an execution, Barr has directed the head of the Bureau of Prisons to execute five death row inmates convicted of murdering, and in some cases torturing and raping the most vulnerable in our society, children and the elderly, a statement by Barr. And this is going to happen in December of 2019 and January of 2020, according to his statement from the Department of Justice. Now, I'm not going to get into the issues of the death penalty. Okay, I'm not I'm not going there. It's not necessary. It is actually a red herring. It could even be classified as a straw man in this conversation. This is not about whether the death penalty is moral or not. This is about whether the death penalty for the federal government is constitutionally authorized. Okay? So we need to look at this from a constitutional perspective. What is the federal government delegated as authority here. Article, section, clause. That's the question. Remember, when you're dealing with federal power, the question must always be, where does that authority come from? If it is not specifically enumerated in the Constitution, then it is not an authority delegated to the federal government. And what's interesting, when we come back from the break, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into this, but it's interesting. We don't even have to get into whether the death penalty is enumerated or not. So we don't even have to talk about that to understand whether these death penalties that William Barr is directing are constitutional or not. You'll understand when we come back. I promise. As can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Hey parents, listen up. School's getting ready to start again. Do your kids get the education they need, that they deserve, that they will need as an adult on the Constitution in your curriculum? Probably not. Probably not. Sign them up at libertyfirstuniversity.com. Give them the foundation that they need so that they can be the generation that can not only restore America's constitutionality, but also secure it. It's one thing to turn the boat around. 
But if we don't have an upcoming generation who understands the difference between truth and lies, who understands that the Constitution is not a document of of the Constitution is not a document of discrimination, it's not a document of it's not a racist document. If we don't have a generation raised up that understands that we are a are not a democracy, we are a constitutional republic, and there are specific ways that that's supposed to work, and the power of the people that is absolutely retained, unquestionably retained, in a constitutional republic that's lost in a democracy, we can do everything that we can in our generation to start, quote unquote, making America great again. But if we don't teach them, they won't know. So remember, Liberty First University is for everyone, for everyone. It's the education that we ought to be getting. We just simply are not getting. So Barr directs the federal government to reinstate the death penalty. Okay, we're not we're not a show. We're not having a show about the death penalty. We're having a show about whether the execution of these people is constitutionally based. Okay, so we have five death row inmates convicted of murdering, in some cases torturing and raping the most vulnerable in our society, children and elderly. Right now, there's a group of people going, yeah, they need to die. Why, why would you be arguing that they don't get to die? I, I, again, this is not whether the death penalty is morally appropriate or societally appropriate. This is about whether this federal government is constitutionally authorized to execute these five people. And the answer is no. And I'll tell you why. There is no authority for the federal government to prosecute people for murder. There is no authority for the federal government to prosecute people for torturing or raping children or elderly people. This power rests in the states. Federal crimes of murder, abuse, rape are absolutely unconstitutional. They are not authorized powers by the federal government. The federal government is only authorized to create laws that are made in pursuance to the Constitution. Remember, Article 6, Clause 2. Laws of these United States made in pursuance to the Constitution are the only constitutionally established laws, the only laws that are binding upon the judges of the states. There is no article, section, and clause that allows the federal government to engage in the criminal prosecution, the criminal arrest, incarceration of people who have committed murder, who have committed abuse, who have committed rape. These are laws to be established at the state and local levels where prosecution has to take place, period. And for the federal government, then, to have a law regarding murder, regarding child abuse, regarding elderly abuse, are unconstitutional laws that are null and 
void. That's where we just lost all our statists. Chrisanne doesn't want rapists and murderers to be prosecuted. She doesn't want child molesters to be prosecuted. No. Open up your ears. Clear the scales. Block, take off the blinders. I never said that criminals ought not be prosecuted. I said the federal government does not have the authority to prosecute them. Where did these crimes occur? Every single one of these crimes had to have committed, been committed in some city, in some town, in some state. That's where the laws have to be made. That's where the prosecution has to be conducted. And if there's going to be a death penalty, that's where it must take place. What's the problem? Why wouldn't we want to do this? Because they're simply not authorized. Number one, let me give you a figure with, without the, the Band-Aid on it, okay? Number one, it's simply not enumerated. And the powers not delegated to the federal government are reserved to the states. That word reserved is a property ownership reserved to the states, which means the federal government cannot have access to that authority because it is an authority that is owned by the state. Number two, number one, it's not, it's not enumerated. Number two, if the federal government is exercising power, that has not been delegated. That power has to be stolen from the states. Remember, the power is reserved to the state if it's not delegated. It is theirs to own. So they're committing a crime because the Supreme, the Constitution is the supreme what law of the land. They are breaking the supreme law of the land, which is a criminal act. So. Not only is it not enumerated for the federal government to exercise that power, it, is con it, it ought to be considered as theft. And number three, it's not enumerated. It is reserved to the states. If it's not enumerated, it's not an authorized power. If the federal government is allowed to exercise unauthorized powers at whim, without challenge, then we live with an unlimited, unchallengeable government. And that is not a constitutional republic. Every unauthorized act unchallenged establishes an unlimited government. Just one. Just one unauthorized act executed without opposition establishes a completely unlimited government. I mean, Alexander Hamilton, the biggest government guy, said that if we made a specific enumeration of their authority, the enumeration, the list would be absurd if we simply meant for them to have some kind of general power to generally use however they generally wanted.
Seriously, what is the point of the Constitution? If the federal government can do whatever the heck it wants, what is the limit to the federal government's power? Well, if it's not the Constitution, then there is no limit. And don't tell me that the Supreme Court said that these laws are okay. Because the Supreme Court is part of the federal government. And I'm sure that Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal listeners are much smarter than, are, are, are incredibly intelligent and smart enough to know that when part of the federal government is allowed to determine the limit of the federal government, that that is the equivalent of the self limiting itself. And that is no limit at all. What's interesting is in this CNN article that I have up here on YouTube, Barr said that the government was moving to seek justice against the worst criminals and to bring relief to victims and family members. Again, there's no reason why that can't happen on the state level. At the same time, the CNN article says, however, the government's move is likely to reignite legal challenges. Ooh, is somebody going to sue the federal government? and say, wait a minute, you don't have the authority to prosecute murders, therefore you don't have the authority to execute people for murders? Yeah, no, not yet. They say at the same time, however, the government's move is likely to ignite legal challenges to the specific protocol and reinvigorate a debate concerning the constitutionality of lethal injection. See, why do you have to jump into the details? Why do you object to the protocol when the entire procedure, the entire premise is unconstitutional? I don't have to hash out with you whether the protocol on how these people are going to be determined uh, for, for execution and how that execution is going to take place. I don't have to get into that with you. The entire thing, execute, prosecuting people, arresting people in, in the federal government for murder is an unconstitutional act. I don't have to get into that. And then reinvigorate the debate concerning the constitutionality of lethal injection. Sure, that's a debatable thing. But what is not debatable is the fact that murder is not a delegated authority to the federal government. Abuse is not, look, you don't have, you can debate anything, right? People can debate anything. You can debate whether the sky is blue. You can debate whether the sun will rise. I'm not saying that they can't debate this. I'm saying it is a futile and worthless an idiotic debate to debate what is federal power and what is not. Why is that an idiotic debate? Because we actually have it written down. The only way you can debate what federal power actually is, is if you're illiterate or you have an alternative agenda. Or maybe you're just simply ignorant. and whole show.
Welcome back to the final segment of the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Hey, look, rush out after this show. Click on chrisannhall.com. Click on the store and get your Got Liberty t-shirt. Man, I wish we could populate the world. I wish we could take these t-shirts and, and, and like they do the propaganda pamphlets. I wish we could drop them from airplanes and just simply carpet America with the Got Liberty t-shirts. You know, get people, buy them, donate them to the schools, donate them to to uh, homeless shelters, donate them to your group. Get a, get a whole group wearing these Got Liberty t-shirts. You can get them in any color you want. You can get them in, any, in multiple colors, multiple styles, multiple sizes. Everybody can get a Got Liberty that they want to get and help spread the truth. Don't just pontificate, educate. So there is, there ought to be no debate. There ought to be no debate on whether the federal government can write laws regarding murder, abuse, or rape. Because there's no article section and clause authorizing that power. That power is reserved to the states. So I don't need to get into the protocol. I don't need to get into the debate on whether lethal injection is constitutional or not, or if we should be hanging people or electrocuting people. In this case, we don't have to get into that debate. Why would we get into a debate that's completely unnecessary when you can stop the argument at the beginning? So let me just repeat one more time. I am not saying that we should not punish people as Barr would say, the worst criminals. Frankly, I'm not quite sure what that means anymore, worst criminals. I mean, Hillary Clinton breaks federal laws. So she doesn't even get prosecuted. James Comey, we just found out James Comey is now not going to be prosecuted for leaking documents. I hope, oh, really, seriously, in all my heart and soul, it's one of those moments that you kind of long for. You're not quite sure if you're going to get. I hope some politician comes up to me one day and says to me, duh, 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 national security. I don't even care what the duh, 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 duh is. Duh, 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 national security. I hope that some politician comes up and says that to me because here's the deal. If they said nothing about the national security violations of Hillary Clinton, if they said nothing about the national security violations of James Comey, then they have no credibility and no authority to say anything whatsoever to justify any law to justify any sanction, to justify any criminal prosecution of anyone in America for a quote-unquote national security violation. Zero. Big, fat, goose egg. Nada. Zilch. Zet. No credibility. I, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for the politician's to stand together and unite 
against this double standard of criminality in America. I mean, there's so many people out there that justice fighters for equal protection under the law. You know, that's all well and good. But when you don't have equal protection in under the law in regards to those who make the laws, then guess what? You have a lawless government. Can I just say this very simply? If those you have elected to represent you, those who make the laws, are not subject to the laws that they make, they are not accountable to those laws, then they do not represent you. They only represent themselves and their special interests because there is no law to limit to the law that they will pen. Because remember, they already argue the Constitution is not their limit. And there is no limit to the law that they will not pen if they know they will never be subject to that law. Come on, people, that's the whole reason for a republic is so that those who make the laws are subject to the laws that they make. God bless you guys. See you later.